Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. I just want to pray and then I'll, I'll share a little bit. Lord, we ask this morning that you would speak to our hearts, that you would do good things. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would fill us with your warmth, with your presence, with your voice, and that you would calm any storms, any anxieties going on in our lives right now, that you would speak your words of peace over us. And Lord, we would receive from you everything that you intend this morning and nothing that you don't intend. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, as introduced, I'm Marty Manuel, married to uh, Karen Manuel, my wife, who's kind of hosting things at Harvest Church for us at our uh, church in Morfitt Vale. Um, we have a, a few expressions of ourselves as well. We have a Persian Harvest Church on a Saturday night. We have a bunch of uh, 30 or 40 Persian people, which are pe immigrants from Iran, uh, who meet on a Saturday night at our church. And we also have an Aldinga campus uh, at our Aldinga school. We have a, a school as well, Southern Vales Christian College, as part of our church ministry. And I happen to be the, the school board chair. Uh, so multi-hats and all sorts of different dynamics we see in our ministry and our lives. Um, but what I want to share on today is it really flows from stuff that God's done in our lives in the last seven or eight years. Uh, I tried to fit in with this theme of doing life well. I've kind of left off the together bit because if we do life well individually, we do life well together. Uh, and so one of the things that uh, God did around seven or eight years ago for Karen and I was really strip everything back. I don't know if you've ever gone through a season in your life where God's just stripped everything away. And when he is in a process of doing that, you can feel like an onion and he's just peeling off layers one after another. And you think, surely, surely there can't be anything else, Lord. And yes, he stretches you just that little bit further. And just when you think you're going to break, that's when somehow I call it backdoor blessings. He doesn't, for me, he's never come in with a million dollar check and said, here it is. But through the back door, unexpectedly, he just breathes life into something, just secretly sneaks up on us and brings breakthrough. And so oftentimes when we get a prophetic word, we're looking in the front door and we're looking for the bells to ring and the lights to go off and it never happens. And what it causes is disappointment. It wasn't that the word wasn't from him. It's that he comes in different directions. The Bible says that who knows where he comes from or where he goes. And that's what the prophetic's like. That's what the voice of the Lord is like. We, we look for him in certain directions. And when he doesn't come in that way, disappointment sets in. But all we need to do is still ourselves and let him strip away what he needs to strip away. And he will come forth. He will come through. And so for us, um, I spent about... a. a 12, 14 years owning a business, manufacturing business in Lonsdale and built up a very big business and we had about 500 staff and supplying pipelines all over Australia and uh, lo and behold, God strips it all back. 
we hit a project, uh, and it's a project which I lived only a couple of kilometres away from, and uh, I, I thought I was the ants pants winning this project because there was some pride that had set in and I knew I could win more than I probably should have won, and it was nearly our downfall. We lost about $10 million on that project alone, and it's a $20 million project, okay, so just do the sums. Uh, and uh, very, very quickly, we, we were losing big time and nearly lost our company. I remember standing in my office. Uh, we have a large factory in Lonsdale, still own the factory, praise God, that's a miracle. But I remember standing in the office and I got pains in the upper chest. Anyone had that before, stress pains? And I remember thinking, I mean, at the time I was probably, uh, I don't know, 32, 33, something like that. I remember thinking, I'm way too young to be having stress pains. And I didn't even have grey hair back then. So, uh, But I remember really thinking, God, surely, surely you're not going to take this from me. You gave it to me. And we've given millions into the kingdom. You know, when you have to use your spill to the Lord, you've done that as well, Mal. Yeah, you, <laughs> you give the Lord your spill, you know, your spill. Come on, God, I've been doing this for you, all your motives, all your agendas, and you're really putting it before the Lord. And so I'm doing that this day, feeling stressed, and I'm, I'm recognizing, wow, God is in control. I'm not in control. God is so sovereign, and he loves us, and he will allow us to be stripped back, uh, probably barer than we ever thought, but he's doing it for our good. And so roughly at the same time, a, a year or two after that, I'm still uh, licking my wounds from my business thing. God does the same thing to Karen. Uh, and we have a church drama and a scenario where there's some conflict in the church. And I know that's never happened here, praise God, and it never will happen. We decree it. But, you know, we've been through some rough stuff and some transition. And uh, uh, so through that process, we had some real hurt, and Karen, my wife, ended up in health, real health challenges, uh, what we call burnout, um, in, a, in a really, really deep way, in the sense of uh, where well, I would come home and she would be on the floor, uh, and it, it wasn't good, okay? It wasn't good. And we had some leaders with us at the time, John and Carolina from Toronto, and, and uh, we asked them to pray for Karen uh, in their hotel room, and John took me outside. So he prayed, uh, but then he took me outside and he said, uh, you know, Marty, you're going to have to uh, do something. <laughs> and I think, okay, that's, this is getting serious. Uh, and so they linked us up with a, a healing uh, center in Germany, which we ended up going to, which was a phenomenal breakthrough for our lives and has changed everything. Why am I saying all that? I'm saying all that because we are a people who, like you, have hungered after the presence of God all our lives. We've hungered after revival. We've danced and waved flags and blown shofars, you know, really badly and really goodly. And we've, we've done everything you can do in the spiritual, supernatural realms to see God break through. What happens when he doesn't? What do we do when he doesn't break through? And so when he's stripping us back, he's stripping us back. And I remember going on drives and just letting him have it. Ever done that before? Just letting God have it. I've done all this for you. I've given up. I could have been far better in business if I'd just gone about business rather than ministry. And now I've got people criticizing. got people leaving. Well, now we've got this. Now my wife's in bed. She can barely even walk or talk for, for the sake of revival and the kingdom and all. You know, really letting God have it. You know what? He can handle it. If you ever need to let it out, let it out. 
This is something they taught us in Germany because we went there, two little Australian petite mouses, mice, and uh, these big, strong Germans, they were, they were very dominant, and, and they taught us to bring about healing, get it out. And so uh, we had times where we, of inner healing, which wasn't very inner, it was very outer, but letting go, and sometimes you need to let go. Uh, and get it out, whatever it is, uh, you know, go for a run, do some exercise, scream, whatever you need to do, get it out. Sometimes we are holier than Jesus and we try to keep it so contained and controlled, don't we? And so anyway, we're going through this journey and out of that comes a realization that unless we do something with the vessel God has given us, and the people around us in a very, very natural way, we are going to long for this dangled carrot for the rest of our lives. This dangled carrot of God, you're going to bring revival and suddenly bring 500 people through that door. It's never happened before, but we're still going to believe for it. And we're going to believe that then you're going to just miraculously transform and zap everyone in the room so that all their problems will disappear, all their diseases will disappear, all their confusion, anxiety, mental illness, everything, even their marriage problems, they're just going to dissolve away and we'll just you know, be in this, this utopia of spiritual life. Doesn't that sound amazing? Well, let me tell you, even when revival comes, I've done enough revival reading to know this. Even when God blasts this place with his power and presence, you know what rises to the surface? All our problems. Everyone's problems all comes to say, oh, ah, oh, I got this problem. You know, when we, when Toronto outpouring happened in 94 and my parents came back from Toronto, our church was blasted with the power of God. I blast, it was crazy, but it brought so much confusion with it. So many issues with it. So, I mean, what do you do when God sovereignly blasts a group of people? Well, when we talk about kingdom family, that's when the rubber hits the road. It's when the rubber hits the road. Can we really handle it? Can we contain it? I want to start by reading in Matthew 25. I think we've got it up there. Uh, I'm reading from the ESV version. And it's the parable of talents. You guys will know this. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, uh, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Interesting, isn't it? He gives according to our ability. Then he went away. He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. He, he, uh, he who had the two talents went away and made two more. He who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me uh, five talents. Here I made five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, uh, and he also who had the two talents uh, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered me two talents. Here, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also 
uh, had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. What harsh words. My goodness. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I've scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will, uh, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. I'll end it there. It gets depressing. Now this is talking ultimately about salvation. But I want to make a point here that is really pertinent for us as kingdom people who are light shiners in our community. And that is, we've got to be faithful with what God's given us. Now, there's the supernatural realm, which is amazing and we love it. But there's also the natural realm. And what God taught me through a near business collapse and Karen through our burnout was that unless we are faithful with what he has given us right in front of us, and that means our bodies, our spirit, our relationships, our family, those closest to us, the people we're in connection with, unless we are faithful with that small realm, the temple, these things that he's given us to steward and, and have dominion over, unless we're faithful with them, there's no point in praying about the big supernatural things because we can't handle them. We can't handle them. What are we doing with the things right in front of us right now? For me, as a man, again, in Germany, they were very confronting. What are you doing as a man, as a leader of the house? What are you doing praying over your kids? What are you doing leading the way over your household? And for me, it was a real time of peeling back the onion, realizing I'm letting go of something. I've let go of some things. Why? Because of disappointment. I want to encourage you guys. You are men of your households. And I've learned something about men and women, even in this leftist dominant uh, political arena that we are in generally in the Western world. And that is that Christian women are not scared of strong Christian men. Christian women actually want their men to be strong. They want them to have strength over the household because ultimately this is the way God's created it. So if, if this is the only thing I've come here to say, it's to you men, do never let go of the sword that God has given you over your household. And that's a sort of prayer. It's a sort of strength. It's a sort of speaking over your family, speaking blessing over your household, over your kids, over your wife, and Karen and I have been married 23 years. It'll be 24 years coming up. And um, it, it sounds like a long time. I know some of you have done a lot longer than that. But, you know, we've done a few seasons together and we finally realize that we need to honor one another. We never pick at one another's weaknesses. And sure, we've got plenty. But we're not picking. We're honoring one another. And so for me as the man of my household, and I've got kids that I'm praying for and blessing. But every morning I've made sure that whatever God has put in front of me, the talents that he's put in front of me, my time, my skills, my prayer, my finances, my, my relationships, those talents that he's put right in my home. See, sometimes we're looking for the big ones way out. And we wonder why they've never come. What are we doing with the small ones right in front of us? And so I've learned that those daily habits that we 
as, as men and women of the kingdom, when we get them really right and we instill them into our daily lives, something begins to birth in our lives. That consistency with the king. Consistency, daily consistency face-to-face -face with Jesus. For me, I'm, um, Karen and I are complete opposites. Uh, I don't know about you guys, I don't know about married couples here, but Karen and I are absolute opposites. And so um, I have what some have called over the years the oak tree anointing. That's the anointing to be able to just stand and feel absolutely nothing when everyone else in the room is falling down and getting blasted in the presence of God. Whereas Karen is the first one. Uh, God will be moving, you know, in Africa and Karen will be sensing it. And so... It, it, we're just complete opposites in that way. And uh, I'm telling you, God sets us up with opposites so that it challenges our very weaknesses. And when we learn to honor one another in that posture and we realize, wow, that's why I needed her. That's why I needed her heartbeat and her nurture and her sensitivity. I've been, for the first 10 years of my marriage, I was trying to dial all that down in her. Now I need that more and more and more. And she needs my stability and rock and strength. And so sometimes the things we're nitpicking are the very things we need uh, in, our, in our marriages, but also in our work arenas. Sometimes I realized I've had a lot of staff over the years, and it's fascinating watching staff that get riled up really easy by things that they actually need to hear. And uh, it, it's fascinating, the human nature. It, there would be simple truths spoken at a meeting, maybe a staff meeting like this. I, I would address my staff and we'd be talking about stuff and I'd just be addressing normal things. 99% of the guys in the room, because it was mainly guys that we employed, uh, were, uh, were fine with it. But the one who had a, an issue with authority would be the one who starts criticizing. And, and he would have no idea how to operate his talents wisely. But we can be like this in the kingdom as well, can't we? Those things that God's putting his finger on are the very thing he wants to bring breakthrough in and releasing through. And so I want to just summarize what I'm saying today with uh, an ideology, if you like. I don't know how much, I know Chad's a student of theology and I don't know how much you guys uh, read in this arena, but you would have heard of Calvinism and Arminianism. They're two trains of thoughts in theology. And uh, Calvin's a bit of a hero of mine. I grew up a Calvinist. My dad's a Calvinist. Baptist roots, that's typically what you get in Reformed thinking. And then you have Arminianism, which is, is very similar, but it has five different traits to it to Calvinism. You can go away and study that or ask Chad for a bit of a Q&A after. But I want to bring a simple truth out of this. Arminianism teaches ultimately of the human free will or human responsibility. Human responsibility. Calvinism teaches on God's sovereignty. Okay, so over here you have human responsibility and over here you have God's sovereignty. Two different thoughts and they are in some circles argued against. What I want to explain today that I hope I make it really simple and helpful for you is that it's both. It's both. God is absolutely sovereign. He's absolutely in control, but it's not one without the other. He is sovereign and he's in control and he's made you exactly the way he wants to make you. Uh, don't ever underestimate the power and the authority that you carry. Don't un ever underestimate your prayer life. 
The difference that's making on that loved one that you've been praying for for like five years, 10 years, 15 years, don't give up. Don't give up because this region needs prayers. This region needs prayer warriors. And, and you don't even have to call yourself a prayer warrior. It's just doing the stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we, we, we love name tags and we love groups and gatherings and they're all awesome. But the more powerful thing is to do the stuff. James talks about it, faith and works. Faith and works. And so we're called to be a people of works, but we believe in a sovereign God. So we, we're over here. We have responsibility. I think sometimes we've negated our ability or our um, calling or our function because we've left things to God's sovereignty. Don't just leave things to God's sovereignty. He's given you an authority. He's given you a household. He's given you gifts and talents to invest wisely. How are you investing the talents that God's given you? How are you investing those very things? It might be financial, but it's ultimately not talking about finance. But how are you investing those things, those gifts and talents? One thing I've learned, the more Christians that I talk to, I realize that the enemy has this strange tactic of bombarding our minds. He won't necessarily bombard you know, our household with massive opposition that we can identify, but he will bombard our minds. And he will bombard us with confusion and anxiety and mental illness. Now, not all of this stuff comes from the enemy. Sometimes this stuff, some of this stuff can come from the fact that we haven't stewarded our temple very well and we've eaten crap for 30 years and that's why we're so clogged. But that we've got to take responsibility and realize, okay, where's this coming from? Where's this coming from? Because we have a sovereign God who's given us responsibility over the temple, over our household. And so I've realized that the more I look at even revival history, church history, Christian culture, sometimes we have left aside our responsibility and say, God, you're going to have to come and do this. When all the while he's saying, no, I've sent you. I've sent you to do this. That's your assignment. If God were just going to supernaturally blast the earth with revival and just bomb us, nucleus revival he probably would have done it a while ago here's a question for you it's a rhetorical question i don't mean to stir up any um any controversy okay because i never want to do that in a different place but i want to ask you this question what if revival never comes in the way you've pictured it what if it never comes in the way you've pictured it what are you going to do then what will we do if God doesn't in a nuclear way come and just blast our little churches? Because he never said he would do that. He never said he would just come and blast little four-wall churches all over the city of Adelaide in the way we depict, with people lined up and we're selling our revival tickets and we're, we're doing the whole machine. You know what I mean? The revival machine. We've all done the machine, haven't we? But we want the kingdom. We want the kingdom. What if the king releases the kingdom through his kids? What if he releases the kingdom through his kids, through our marriages? And in our marriages, we leave a lineage of the kingdom. We leave a lineage of the king in our kids. And that spirit of revival flows into our kids, throws, flows through our marriages, where there's forgiveness, where there's restoration. See, the issue is revival didn't fix marriages. 
I've been to plenty. I've been to Lakeland. I've been to Africa. I've been to, uh, you know, everywhere, man. But, but in all of those places, those same issues, the people would come in with the same issues. We'd praise and worship. Hallelujah. It's amazing. We leave with the same issue. Maybe there's a bit of stuff drops off. There's some miracles that happen. That's awesome. But I'm telling you, I see the human responsibility is so key to releasing the kingdom. And it starts at home. It starts at home. How well do we steward our marriages? How well do we steward our temple? It's a, it's a big issue for us because in Germany, they absolutely hammered us and they detoxed us and they, they did all sorts of things to us to cleanse us in our bodies. Why did they do that? Because we were so clouded in our head with, we got, we're going to go for a revival, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Uh, they just basically told us, just shut up with all that stuff. You're killing yourselves. Begin healing at your feet. Begin healing at your ground level, at the very ground level. Your marriage, your kids, your life, your relationships, your bodies, your health. And so we, we began, be, began by stripping away all this stuff and he rebuilt the kingdom in us. And we're absolutely not perfect. I, I know you don't think that. But uh, it's very, very powerful when we learn to honestly look in the mirror and say, Okay, Lord. I am going to now see the kingdom released in this. And when we start releasing the kingdom in our physical body, something happens. In the food we eat, in the things we drink, in that stuff, when we do this, there's, there's a real kingdom power that begins to be released. Um, Karen is quite extreme in this area. She, she's a, we eat plant-based. I know that's, that's a scary thought for a lot of you. We have sheep and we have dogs and we, you know, shoot rabbits and all that sort of stuff. So we're not, you know, extreme. But, but we, well, we are extreme. Okay, we're, yeah, whatever you want to say. But, and I wear leather sometimes, but, but we, we just do this because this is, this is something for us. We don't put it on anyone else. But we want to be as in tune in our temple as we possibly can be to gain the most out of the kingdom of God for our short time here on earth. And if that means we have to forego some stuff, believe me, I love steak. Uh, when my kids have like Indian with lamb, korma or something like that, it's just, it's beautiful. It's amazing. And so it's not that we don't like that stuff and we do cheat from here. If every, in fact, I purposely cheat so I don't get too legalistic. Um, but but why do we do this? We, we do this, and the same with our lifestyle, with, with a whole lot raft of things we've taken out of our lives so that we can say, Lord, let your kingdom operate in our bodies, in our spirit, in our soul, and our body. Because we're all three, right? Spirit, soul, and body. And we've been really good in the church at the spirit part. Really good. We've, we've come and worship. You guys are amazing worshippers. You're full of the Spirit. You love the presence of God. And, and you're phenomenal at that. The issue is, do we then take that to the deeper level? Do we take that to the deeper level when we get out those doors? And do we take that into our relationships? Do we take it into, the, into our mind when we start thinking crazy thoughts? Uh, another thing I've realized is that a lot of women really struggle with either comparison or self-rejection. Self-rejection, not even being rejected necessarily by other people, but it's self-rejection. I want to I encourage you today, God does not reject you. 
He does not reject you. In fact, half the people that you've thought have rejected you, they haven't rejected you. They just haven't known how to relate around you. Maybe you intimidate them. Or maybe there's stuff that's just got mixed up in this human kingdom family. We get haywire sometimes, don't we? And so I want to encourage you, stand strong in the gifting that God has given you. Be as bold as you possibly can be in that gifting, in your prayer life, in the talents that God's given you. Because we need women who aren't self-rejecting, who are strong daughters of the Lord, who, who know their authority. Because women carry a mighty authority, uh, mighty authority to be able to cut things down and see things that men can't see. Men are like, what the? And women are just seeing through things and understanding things. And this is what happens in a kingdom family, isn't it? We all have different gifts and talents. And when we do this well together, the kingdom of God can be released in ways that we're not just waiting for some supernatural saviour to come and save Victor Harbour, but what's happening is organically you and me are carrying the kingdom. We're carrying the kingdom and we're, we're, we're emanating the kingdom of God into the culture, into the community. I want to just pause there for one moment. Chad gave me permission to say something. But one of the things we're realising politically, we are getting defeated as conservatives in the nation. Uh, and Adelaide, South Australia is no different. Um, I have hesitated for a long time stepping into anything politically because who wants to, really? I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's like, why would you want to? And so I'm not running or anything like that. But, but what I will say is that it's something my dad has done for a long time. I remember about 18 years ago, I was on our church board and he presented a new constitution to our church leadership. And I remember reading it. There's a line in there about changing one's gender. And I remember thinking, what, what? He has lost the plot now. He's putting in our constitution of a church that we that we do not believe in. Uh, you know, a male becoming a female, a female becoming a male. I'm thinking, okay, he's now lost the plot. He's getting way too extreme in this whole thing. Here we are now, and it's an issue. It's a big, big issue. Now, there's a whole lot I could say on this, but I just want to say one thing: men, do not avoid your position and your authority when it comes to politics. Don't just shut your mouth when everyone else is talking about stuff and you just wimp out. We need strong men and women to stand in arenas, to vote righteously, to have an influence, because I'm telling you, we're losing the ground. Why do I say that? Because I've been meeting with quite a lot of politicians lately with a whole group of other pastors. And believe me, there is a big bunch of pastors from the head of the Greek Orthodox right through to some Baptist, uh, independent, non-denominationals, Pentecostals, um, some Catholic guys, uh, and I can't remember the other denominations. And next week we're gathering, but there's been an organic movement happening. You probably heard about Christians joining the Liberal Party being rejected. That's all stemmed from this. And that's because Christians have had enough. They've had enough of our politicians letting bills pass through Parliament that will now abort babies to birth. Uh, and look, the list goes on, but I'll just say this. It's going to get a whole lot worse unless we do something. I'm talking about puberty blockers for teens where parents don't have to consent. Uh, this stuff is coming. Vicky Chapman is pushing it big time in the Liberal Party. We're not talking a Labor Party thing or a Liberal Party thing. They're both as bad as each other. 
So what we're doing, we had a gathering uh, at our church on a Sunday morning just like this some weeks ago, and I had a few other leaders come and speak, and we sort of threw out all the, all the religion for the morning, and we just said, we're going to go for this, guys. We went for it. We had 50, 60, 70, 80 people sign up for both parties, okay? Not just Liberal Party, both parties. Why? Because they're not listening to the marches, they're not listening to the letters, they're not listening to the emails. Even if you go and see them, they'll smile, they'll pat you on the shoulder, but they won't do anything. They will vote to their conscience. And so there is a time, and the time is now, where we can actually have an influence, and that's about enough said on that. But this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. Uh, there, is no, there is no reason for us not to have a voice into our communities. And what are our communities governed by? Governments. And so it, it may be something that you're uncomfortable with, but I would just want to ask you to be praying. Be praying. Vote righteously. Don't worry about what brand or what history says. Look at your candidates. Be involved. Be active. Because what I've learned is us Australians, particularly Australian men, have shied away. And what we've done is we've let the left take over. I had a Labor Party, Claire Scriven it was, Labor Party, beautiful lady. She's a Catholic lady. She sat with me and um, a guy in our church who's politically... Uh, very aware, and she said, guys, you've got to come and, and be involved. We've been hijacked by the left. We've been hijacked by the left. This is a Labour Party lady, okay? So it's important. We have a time now where there's real power and momentum. And so why am I saying all that? It's because even though I've wanted to shy away from this arena, because it's just messy, I've realised that we have an influence we have an influence as, as leaders, as men and women in the kingdom. We have an influence. And what we allow now, our kids are going to either thank us or despise us for. And uh, I hope it's not the latter because I'm telling you, there's some real, real... Uh, you just have to look at the US and look at what's happening in the US and that will flow because it has so much influence in the Liberal Party and the Labor Party. And, um, you know, look... Anyway, that's enough said, but the kingdom of God needs to operate in all arenas, all arenas. We don't, we don't just say separation of church and state. We don't want anything to do with that. That's rubbish. What do, we, do we say that with other aspects of life? Of course not. With the kingdom of God needs to flow through all of it, all of it. And so he's given you a voice. Awesome, guys. You never quite know how, how people are going to handle that, but I think you can handle it. You're, you're a mature bunch. But hey, I want to wrap, wrap up this morning by really just encouraging you guys to be praying about taking your activity in the kingdom to a whole nother level in an arena that no one's going to see. This, this is where it gets really powerful. See, it's great to come up here and, and do worship, be on the band, and I encourage you, do everything you can to support uh, Chad and Jay and, and the ministry and be involved here. This is what kingdom family looks like but when we do stuff that no one else can see no one else can see there's there's things that i do that i purposely don't want anyone else to know about just so it's with me and jesus and so that so that because the bible says that even when you're fasting put oil on your face so that you won't get glory for it now because if you get glory for it now you won't get it in heaven in eternity and so we actually we actually need some secret things with the king secret things that we allow him to do in the operation of our heart. And there may be things you need to let go of. 
There may be unforgiveness that you've just been harboring against, I don't know, that year 10 teacher that was just annoying. For all those years, I hope there's no year 10 teachers here, but there's stuff we hang on to that we shouldn't be hanging on to anymore. There's grudges against bosses that we just need to let go of. There's things that we've hung on to, and you know, the only one who's drinking the poison is us. They don't even know. They don't even know. They've moved on. And so we can actually give ourselves a free ticket of the grace of God just by operating in forgiveness. And it's simple. And no one even needs to know about it. But I'm telling you, it lets us out of cages. It lets us out of jail, out of prison. And chains do break off us when we operate. This is, these are simple things. This is in the area of our soul in the area of our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. If we just look at some of these areas, we can realize the kingdom of God is so powerful. He wants to come into every cell of our body, every cell of our body, every word. Now, I don't get that right, believe me, especially if I'm watching footy and the umpiring's bad or something like that. But there's, there's an arena, I believe, a secret arena of the king that no one ever needs to know about, but it's the most powerful arena. It's right here. It's our time with him. It's when he's whispering things to us and he's saying, I know for me, Karen said to me maybe 10 years ago, she said, I want, I, I'm feeling like we need to live a Daniel fast. And I remember thinking, you're absolutely kidding me. Fruit and veggies, you know, 21 days is bad enough if you've ever done it. But, uh, and, and I really resented her for that. I don't know, husbands, if you've ever resented your wives, but maybe you should have a marriage seminar after this or something, but... But, yeah, if, you, if your wife's ever said something, it's like, okay, that is way over the top. That is too extreme. You're getting super emotive now. Let's just bring it back to reason. This is what us husbands do, isn't it? But anyways, and she threw that out there, and I remember thinking, that no one lives like that. No one. And here we are now. We totally live like that. I love living like that. And, uh, and so, you know, you never know husbands, what, those crazy things that your wives will say, what you'll end up doing. But, but I tell you, what it took for me was actually just really dialing in. And again, I'm not putting in, you, you eat and drink and do whatever God shows you to do. I absolutely believe it's an independent, very personal thing. But for us, I felt God saying this would be a better way. Uh, uh, when we went to Germany, we got tested and we got all sorts of things and my cholesterol was high and my blood pressure wasn't great and I was putting on a few kilos down here and, and uh, you know, they're very brutal with their um, analysis of you even when you're young. And, uh, and so I was confronted with some stuff and I'm like, wow, actually, I want to be 80. I want to be 90. I want to be able to run. I want to be fit and strong and healthy. And I don't want to just live for medication and have to go and live that life because I've believed for more all my life. And all the while, God's pointing the finger and said, would you steward the temple well? Would you steward what I've given you really, really well? I just, I can see sausages going through people's heads right now, steaks and... I can smell it almost. Have you got a barbecue, Bunnings barbecue happening right now? Believe me, I'm, not, I'm absolutely not telling you how you eat however God shows you to eat. But what I'm saying is God will ask you deeper questions than you're willing to answer. He, if you're really willing to listen, he will take you very deep, very deep. And when he goes really deep, the challenge is, will I obey? Well, the Bible says, and I'll finish with this, James chapter 1, 22, 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. 
For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer but forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Essentially what that's saying is when God speaks to us, act. Take action. And it might be those little things that he's asking you. He's been speaking to you about some of those things. Letting go. Letting go of any grudges. Letting go of of dishonoring one another. Husbands and wives, let me tell you, the greatest gift that I've learned in 23 years is honoring one another's strengths and even our weaknesses. Recognizing that we need each other and God's called us. He's put us in, he's stuffed us opposites in one house for some crazy reason and expected it to work. And it works when we honor one another, honoring one another, honoring, never pulling one another down. Uh, Karen's taught me a, a big lesson in my family growing up. Aussie jokes and sarcasm was the norm. In Karen's family, it was absolutely not the norm. So again, stuff two people from an opposite you know, culture into a house and expect that to work. Well, it does when you honor. It does when you honor. And honor, the kingdom of God loves honor. The presence of God loves honor. When we honor our spirit, soul, and body, it's all three. It's all three. It's not just church. It's not just singing. It's everything we do out there. It's in the workplace. All our responses and actions. The kingdom of God lives and breathes through the way we operate. So I want you to stand, and I just want to pray over everyone today. Yeah, just lift your hands. We're allowed to do that, I think. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I just want to pray and decree over you for a minute, if that's okay, and just just release the kingdom. And um, some of you have come this morning and you struggle with anxiety. Anxiety, and even when I say that word, it makes you even more anxious. I'm sorry, but but and some of you are definitely self-rejectors. Uh, and, and you've struggled with rejecting yourself for many, many years, and it may stem from other controlling people or whatever it may stem from. But today, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and operate on our hearts, that you would remove everything that shouldn't be in our lives. Lord, we ask that you would peel away layers of the onion that have built up over years and months and Maybe resentments this morning, hurts, fears, insecurities, rejection. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray you will break the chains of the enemy over lives today and that you would release freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom over minds. Freedom over minds that have had vices on them for some time, had cloudiness and heaviness over your eyes and your mind. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak healing over that now. Healing over that right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, I ask that you just walk through this auditorium right now and that you'd begin touching people with your presence. Touching people with your presence, with your power, with your freedom with your love, Father, that you would release an anointing. You'd release an anointing of acceptance. You would release a spirit of sonship, release a spirit of sonship over some who, Lord, have felt abandoned. You are not abandoned. You are not rejected. You are not left on the scrap pile. You you have not been overlooked. You have not been overlooked. Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit, come and breathe on us today as we stand here in this COVID weird times. You are in control, Jesus. You have no fear. You have no worry. No one can prohibit your presence. No one can prohibit your presence. And so we ask you to come and move, Holy Spirit, on our hearts. I pray that you'd give us revelation and interpretation of what it looks like to walk as sons and daughters powerfully in spirit, soul, and body. And that we would begin to operate in a new level of freedom, a new level of openness toward one another, a new level of honor toward one another, a new level of lifting up, not pulling down, positivity, not negativity. Faith and works in the natural and spiritual. And so, Lord, we pray for an anointing of both realms to fall on this house. An anointing of both realms to fall on this house that you'd give some surprising backdoor promotions. Backdoor blessings would begin to fall on people as we respond to you in obedience that you'd begin to release your blessing. Release your blessings. Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd speak to us you would challenge us. I pray blessing over everyone, over every marriage, that you'd bring a greater strength, a greater unity, a greater peace than ever before. Lord, that an honor would reside in the marriages of Bayside Church. Lord, that this would be a, a place with such a kingdom family anointing, that there'd be healing in this house, there'd be healing in homes around dinners, and that there would be an organic anointing that begin, it begins to be released in fresh new ways through families, that there'd be a lineage of blessing, a generational blessing released in this house. And Lord, I thank you for each one. I pray your protection from the enemy, from the fiery darts of the enemy. Lord, that you would give uh, men authority, give men strength, give women eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, we pray for a, a strength and a power and an authority in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.